0: I was here about three years ago, three and a half years ago, and the world was quite a bit different at that point. If you recall, everything was going great. Uh, I mean, it was, the economy was booming, low unemployment, everything was seemed to be just really great. And, um, and yet we heard uh, that overseas they were having a problem with a disease called COVID-19. But we felt that, you know, that really wouldn't bother us here in America Three years later, we know the results. I believe, what, close to a million maybe have died. Uh, and most of us probably have had friends or relatives. Uh, I've known pastors that we worked with. Uh, things have changed almost overnight. Um, and then we heard that the Russians were circ- uh, circling Ukraine. And the, the people there in Ukraine continue to go about their business but suddenly they attacked. As Seventh-day Adventists, uh, we are fully aware, if we have studied, uh, if you've been involved for for a few years, we know what Daniel 2 tells us. God is in charge. We've got people today that are perplexed, wondering what in the world is going on. We had some people calling the conference office and wanting to know if, if the... Uh, COVID-19 was the mark of the beast. Uh, And so people fully obviously don't know what the mark of the beast is. They don't realize that it actually says that you will worship the beast. And so uh, we've got people now uh, that things have suddenly changed. As I said, almost like overnight. But yet folks, we know that Daniel told us in Daniel 12, that there is a time of trouble coming such as we've never seen. And naturally, we want to be positive. We want to be happy. And that's why we love Jesus. We can be happy in Jesus. We have hope in Jesus. But the world overall doesn't know Jesus. Or if they do, they haven't committed to him. So naturally, there's fear. We know that Daniel 7 tells us the outline of history. We know that, that, that Daniel 8 and 9 gives us prophecies. We understand Revelation 13 and Revelation 14. But is it possible that we maybe are asleep? We understand exactly what, we, what, what we've been told about the signs of Christ's second coming. And, and yet, and yet... As I have gone around from church after church over the last few weeks, I've asked the question, um, are you aware of what's going on behind the scenes? I mentioned this the last time I was here. Because we know that Pope Francis uh, was uh, had his plan announced to save the world. His plan in 2015 uh, was only the third in 100 years of of a... Uh, An important call to the church uh, to follow. And he outlined a call to the world, political and religious leaders in 2016 to come in 2017 to the Vatican uh, because he had an announcement to make. Well, it was in 2017, it was to celebrate what he called the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. And that that a deal had been worked out with the World Alliance of Lutherans and the Catholic Church so that there was no more separation. He said, we are now one. We had religious leaders that went, people like Joel Osteen, Rick Warren. People like Rick Warren, we have read many times some of his books, Forty Days of Purpose, and yet he came away saying, the Pope is the leader of all Christians. The Seventh-day Adventist Church religious liberty secretary was there. Then the plan was to announce in 2019 and 2020 the plan, the seven-year action plan to save the planet. If you come at the beginning this afternoon, I will share just briefly again where we stand on that. Because as I've gone from church to church, we have not not really aware of what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, That in some ways um, is interesting to me. Because we have been pre- preaching the three angels' messages for 158-plus years. The gospel to go to all the world. That means here in Ringo, in Katusa County, to let the people know that Jesus loves them, that there's a day of judgment coming. Message number two, that false religion, false Christianity will come to its end. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That's a direct statement. And then, of course, the third angel's message and we say, well, we have to be careful what we say. We're not talking about Catholic people. We're talking about an organization. I have dear friends that belong to the Catholic Church. We have a girl that has gone with us on sports camp a, a campus in, in Nicaragua uh, in some other places uh, to South Dakota, right there in the Indian Reservation to witness, and she was there with us. But folks, either we know and believe what we've been teaching or we don't. And uh, if we don't, keep up with what's going on, uh, are we just saying something and we really don't believe it? So, folks, we are reminded today that God has called this church for a specific reason, to preach his truth on the soon coming of Jesus. And as part of that, we recognize in the Bible text that he just read, in Isaiah and Isaiah, of course, is, and I've said this before, he's kind of an enigmatic writer. I love him, but maybe that means I'm a little different too. I don't know. Because his language is kind of uh, very uh, interesting. I'll just use that word. But here in uh, in the uh, verse that he read in Isaiah 41, uh, he says that, that the Lord has brought people from all over the world. Well, he was talking about, and by the way, he was talking about the time in which they were under the thumb you might say of the assyrian government in verses 1 through 39 he's talking about that time in verses 40 to 66 he's referring to going ahead and also to their what would amount to their soon captivity by the babylonians but he talks more about the hope and and and, and the reasons why they have failed and so forth and uh, but as we as we think about this text that he said that we've come from all over the world, from the east and west, north and south, that's true for all of us. I mean just last Monday we celebrated what? July 4. what, did, what, was, what was the celebration for? I can't hear you what? Independence. Independence, right. And we've come from all over the world. Our forefathers came from uh, many, many different places. And so this text that Lord is that Isaiah is quoting by the Lord, He then says uh, that you are my servant. I have chosen you. Now, how many, he said I can move around, so I'm going to come down here. Is that okay? Am I still on camera? How many remember when you were in school, grade school maybe, or somewhere in school, and at recess, at phys ed or something, they chose teams to do something, races, kickball, how many of you remember something like that? Now, I'm, I'm virtually blind, so make sure you wave your hands so I know you're awake, okay? And um, so, you know, and maybe every time they chose, you were chosen last. How did you feel? When I started teaching in 1964 in this county, and that was last century, folks, <laughs> uh, over here at, o- at Westside, uh, I picked up on that. Uh, it was the seventh and eighth grade. It was a self-contained school then. and uh, and so uh, ins- instead of letting kids feel bad because they were always picked last, I would pick the teams based on their abilities, and I would always pick the ones I thought were maybe a little bit athletically slow. Instead of being last, they were first. Now, in this case, <laughs> uh, then, how do you feel when it says you've been chosen by God, that you've been called as a servant? Now, you your reaction probably is, I'm unqualified. What does he mean? Folks, if God calls you, he will qualify you. And so as we talk, you know, today about spiritual gifts, uh, we I want us to focus for a few minutes on the things that God wants to do for us. Now, in connection with that, we recognize that uh, when Jesus came, he um, chose What? Did he go to the University of Jerusalem and choose theologians, experts? Did he? No. Who did he choose? Ordinary people, just like all of us. And uh, we call them his disciples. When you follow somebody or something, you become the disciple. In this case, the disciple for Jesus. They followed him for three and a half years, interestingly, in five years, that would have been 2,000 years ago. They started following him in his ministry. Um, and then, and they observed how he demonstrated the true Messiah, that he was, came to care for people, love people. He loved the children. The children loved. Can you imagine boys and girls being able to sit on Jesus' lap? Well... He's coming pretty soon. And maybe if you're not, haven't, if it doesn't come quickly, you'll grow a little bit. But I think he's coming soon. And you'll get to sit on his lap anytime you want to for the rest of eternity, which means no end. But it's interesting. The disciples didn't learn, they observed, but uh, they missed a lot. Then came the death of Jesus. And then came the resurrection. Forty days they spent with Jesus after the resurrection. Again, observing. And yet still missing some things. Because in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, says they said, are you now going to set up your kingdom? And his answer was, and it was very nice, because Jesus is very nice. He said, leave things to God that belongs to God. Now, to us, we would say, Stop getting, saying things that's none of your business. But then verse 8, Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. And he gave the marching orders to the disciples then, and the marching orders for you and me today. He said, I want you to go everywhere and tell people about me. Jerusalem, Judea, places where it wasn't comfortable, Samaria. And then what happened next? He started ascending up into the sky. Now, remember, the disciples had missed a lot. They didn't miss this. Their mouths must have dropped open or whatever as they watched him disappear into the clouds. And then two angels said, Why stand ye gazing? This same Jesus as you've seen go will come back in like manner. But before Jesus left... He said, I'm going to send you a special helper called the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And folks, this is why that I asked you today, or I mean, uh, really, maybe six weeks ago, two months ago, not just think about the gifts, but the fact is, we ask you to read the book of Acts in the Bible to see what happened at the early church to see what it was like on the day of Pentecost. Because if it happened then, the Lord wants it to happen now. And we know very well what happened. The disciples, now it finally hit them. And they went back and started praying 10 days. 10 days after that, Jesus comes out of being with his father, reinstated as the priest of the universe, that he had laid aside to become a human being. And now... And now, as a special gift, the Holy Spirit was sent to the people who were praying and asking for it. Do you see why I ask you folks to read in the book Acts of the Apostles the chapter on Pentecost, the chapter on gifts of the Spirit? Do you see why I ask you to do that? And then to be praying for the Holy Spirit even as we come here today. And folks, God is is more willing to give us gifts than we are to give gifts to our children. And in, in those quotes, some of those quotes, I gave them to you. I hope you read those. If all were willing, all would want be filled by his spirit. Another quote, why do we not ask for the Holy Spirit? Why do we not pray for it? Preach and talk about it. Folks, we're living in the time which everybody through the ages wanted to live. When Jesus is getting ready to come. I mean, folks, and and, and that and that reminds us though that um that we are also described in the book of Revelation as what type of church? Laodicea. So after all these positive comments, it does remind us of Jesus' own statements to the angel to John, Laodicea, and it was, he, he, he was talking about the situation of being asleep, but I want to use this illustration. Uh, if you're riding with a person in a car and they're sound asleep, are you going to move anywhere? No. Now, I hear one guy awake here. I hope you people at the back keep me awake, because I cannot see you. So every once in a while, I may ask you to show your hand or something. Um, but what, what about if you ride with a person who is sleepy? Which is, the, which is the most dangerous? Which is the most dangerous? Well, you're not going to be driving very far. You, know, you can droves off to sleep, but we're talking about the condition of being sleepy versus versus being sound asleep. You see, because Christ said that's hard for him to take. I mean, it's almost like me telling him I love him, but then I show everything that I don't. That's hard to, to, for him to, to, to... I'm not telling the truth. And the point is, today, folks, are we... Totally asleep, or are we in between? I mean, we're we come to church, but I didn't have time to study or to pray this week. See, folks, Satan, and by the way, the Sabbath school class was very, very good here today. And this week, we are reminded, yes, the Lord loves us. He's called us. He wants to help us. But we also are aware that Satan is going around, as it was pointed in the lesson this morning, as a roaring lion. Dear folks, Paul wrote a special note to Timothy because he wanted to warn Timothy of situations. And Timothy has put it there for us. And that is, you can read it in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, a warning, for the time will come when they, talking about the people at that time in the early church, the Christians, quote and unquote Christians, when they will not endure sound doctrine. I mentioned that we as Seventh-day Adventists understand the doctrines of Jesus, And the truth, John 16, 13 to 14, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And yet it says the people at that time were not enduring sound doctrine. What about us today? Where do we stand? But according to their own lusts or desires, because they have itching ears, They will heap up for themselves false teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned away to fables. Folks, that is a message from God to us today. We cannot take for granted the fact that I accepted the Lord. If I love him, I want to talk to him. I want to communicate with him. I want to every day have a relationship with him. It is not enough to have our names written on the book. And folks, I am talking as straight as I can today because we're living very close to the coming of Jesus. Now is the time that we've been called. We have been called to to let our neighbors and our friends know what is going on. I'm so excited that, uh, folks, that we, and I'm thankful that we've been given special help through the spirit of prophecy, and we're living in a time, matter of fact, I shared this with you the last time I was here, Joseph Kidder's study showed of the people attending Seventh-day churches on a regular basis every Sabbath, 57% said they never read anything from the spirit of prophecy. We never want to put the spirit of prophecy ahead of the Bible. But who am I to tell God I didn't need special help? And I think y'all have heard the statistic. That a woman with a third grade education has written more books and publications than any writer in the history of the world, and more than any female in the United States with a third grade education. That didn't happen, that power didn't come from Satan, it came from God. And folks, we need to wake up because we realize, we realize crazy things are happening. we just had the ministers' meeting in Kentucky, the North American Division General Conference. And, and, folks, all I'm going to say is that there were some very interesting speakers there. We've got some things coming in that we knew were coming. Jesus himself said, the things that happened at the time of Noah will happen at the time right before I come back. Have we forgotten that? If you read in the book, Spirit, the book, Of spiritual promises excuse me Uh, the story is told I mean we were told what was happening at the time of the flood and and I think you know what I'm talking about folks crazy things are coming in in regards to society and into our relationships and and that's all I'm going to say because I think we know what was happening at the time of the flood and Jesus said, it's going to happen now. We've got some real decisions facing us. We know this church is going to go through. It will look like it's going to fail. We're also, folks, reminded that in Revelation 18, we very seldom ever talk about the fourth angel. But it says the fourth angel will come, apparently based very close to the beginning of the time of trouble, which is very soon, I believe. It says the, the fourth angel will come with great power, and light will shed all over the world. Ellen White said she saw thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people going door to door. And folks, that's you and me. It's not angels. God did not. He could send angels, but He's cho- He's chosen every one of us. That's why this is so important for us today to realize what God wants to do for us. Now, the last time I was here, we. Um, oh wait! Before I leave this, in this quote. Uh, uh, following uh, that that uh, that uh, uh, Paul had sent to Timothy, these words were given: that I want you to preach the word in season and out of season. Paul said, and he says, I want you to reprove, I want you to rebuke, I want you to exhort. Folks, that is different than ignorance approving or going along with. And I think you know what I'm talking about. It is time for us to realize that we must be willing to stand up for the truth. And I hope that we will say amen to that. Now, folks, when I was here the last time, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, and I, I I will mention it again, shows us how God wants to help us. But before I get to that, I want you to give you another Bible text that follows up the one we had a few moments ago to start with, and this is verse 10. This is important, folks. Fear not, I am with you, the Lord says. Be not dismayed. Now, the world is scared. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed the threat of nuclear wars being tossed around by the leader of Russia. And I don't know if you picked up on it, but in the last two or three days, it appears that Iran is very close to a nuclear weapon. They have threatened to wipe Israel off the map. Do you think Israel's going to let that happen? I think you can see why people may be getting scared. What's going on? And then we hear all this stuff about China having a weapon that we have no defense against. And so people are scared. This says, do not fear. God is in control, folks. Daniel 2, 21, he sets up and takes down. Be not dismayed. I am, I am your strength. I will help you. I will hold your, your, you with the right hand of my righteousness. How many of us believe that? Hello, thank you. Now, in 2 Corinthians, well, let's go back to 2 Corinthians. Uh, In the early church there in Corinth, in chapter 3, it tells us that many of the Christians had been growing and making progress. says that in the beginning of chapter 4. But in chapter 3, it says a lot of them had accepted Christ in name, but they were actually following the teachings of Moses. And in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says that... that Satan blinds the eyes of the lost. He doesn't blind just the eyes of the lost. He tries to blind us also. Now the folk, folks, here it is. we've got people in the world looking for answers. Now, Isaiah 43 tells us that it says a little different word. It says, "You are my witnesses." Everyone in this room that's a Christian, you are a witness for Jesus. I wonder sometimes, though, if people see the, Jesus in me or do they just see the world in me. That's a question for you. You're a witness. And bring you an update. If you recall, I mentioned to you the Hubble telescope. How many of you were here when I talked about that a few years ago? Okay, the Hubble telescope was put out into space approximately 45 years ago from now. It was put 375 miles out into space, way above the Earth's atmosphere. Dr. Adam Rees, who won the Nobel Peace Prize in astronomy, said that by peering through Orion, the opening in Orion, how many of us have heard something about that? I'll make a comment on that in just a moment or two. He said, by looking through that opening in Orion, we were able to spot spot two trillion galaxies. Boys and girls, what galaxy do we live in? Thank you, Milky Way Galaxy. I don't know why they gave it a candy name, or the candy name, I guess, was given, whatever. Uh, it is estimated that our ga- galaxy, uh, which is... When I was teaching long ago, they felt like it was 100,000 light years across, whatever. I don't know if they've pinpointed that. But they believe that we have a, at least 100 billion stars. Now, our sun is a star. And so if they're stars, are there planets around each one of them? Now, the point is, <laughs> uh, he said we spotted two trillion galaxies. Dr. Reese said, if you multiply 100 billion times 2 trillion, you'll come out with 200 sextillion, 23 zeros. Now, listen to this, folks. This is mind-boggling. That's more than every grain of sand on every beach in the world. When we talk about the power of God, it brings the word infinite in. And I talked to you about that the last time I was here. Infinite means no limit to time, space, or amount. There is no limit to this power that's inside of you today. Listen to this t- Bible text talking about that. Psalms 147 verse 4. He, the Lord, counts the, n- the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. In reference to Orion, just a little free reminder. Revelation 1-7 says that when Jesus comes back, every eye will see him come back. Have you ever wondered how that's going to happen on a round world? The University of Oklahoma, according to the University of Oklahoma, Orion's belt of the three bright stars is situated on the celestial equator visible from every inhabitant part of the earth. Important quote. The hand that sustains the worlds in space, the hand that holds in their orderly arrangement and tireless activity all things throughout the universe of God is the hand that was nailed to the cross for you and me. Book Education, page 132. Update. I also told you when I was here, they were talking about a new satellite called j Webb. How many of you have heard of j Webb? Now, folks, this is what I was talking to you about earlier, about we need to kind of be aware of things that are happening. j Webb was supposed to be shot off in 2019, 2020. The mirror was going to be 15 times bigger than the one on the Hubble. But believe it or not, they had a problem. I do not understand how this could happen, but it wouldn't fit in the rocket. So they had, it took them about a year or two to get it, whatever. I don't know how you could trim a, something down, but they made changes. And, and the mirror, uh, so they shot this thing off last October 31 or November 1, one of those two days or not, however it worked. Today it is in orbit a million miles from Earth, not 375 miles. And the scientists believe that they're going to see the ends of the universe. They even believe they're gonna see the uh, the Big Bang Theory 10 million years ago. I think they're gonna be disappointed. I can hardly wait because the first pictures are due in a few days, in the month of July, to come back. I'm just waiting to see what they're going to say now when they discover there's no limit there's no limit to God's power so folks as we think about that uh, and as we think about these gifts we're talking about and uh, we're thinking about the call that's been made to you and me we realize I believe today that um, that the, the the link to all of this is our link to Jesus Christ uh, as as for example we we uh, recognize where faith cometh from. Romans ten seventeen. 17, faith is, com- comes from hearing. But hearing comes from where? Word of God. And you recall I told you that Joseph Kidder's study shows about only 37% of people attending church every Sabbath reads their Bible every day. 63%, one day a week and not at all. Folks, that's not going to do it. If you eat one meal a week or not at all, how strong are you going to be physically? Folks, and folks, I mean, this is a, p- people who are attending church on a regular basis. We're talking about life or death, folks, here in regards to eternity. Uh, prayer, 73% say they pray once a day, 21% once a week, 6% not at all. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 14 to 21, Disciples, you didn't have enough faith that this boy could be healed that was cast with devil because you did not have enough faith. And he said, the only way you're going to have it is by prayer and fasting. And it doesn't mean doing without food. It means doing without something. It's keeping me every day for spending time with the Lord. As we wind down on this, folks, I hope we see the most important thing is to make a commitment. Four five things I want to share with you in regards to the call that God has made to you and the, and the, and the, uh, the fact that he wants you to be his witness. Number one, have we accepted Jesus as our Savior? If there's somebody here today that hasn't, why would you wait? He loves you. He wants you to live with him forever. And, and folks, secondly, uh, the call itself, are you going to pass it off or say, Lord, I'll do whatever I can. Help me. What about the, the, what about the, the gifts? Well, As I said before, we need the power of God to help us use these gifts that he's given us. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the special gift that Jesus said, I'm leaving with you. Fourth, Folks, and the last thing is commitment. Are we willing today to make the commitment to give our very best efforts for the Lord in using our gifts? Folks, you can see, I hope, Why I ask you to begin studying and praying. Folks, it all comes down to giving our will to the Father. He's promised us the Holy Spirit. It says it's infinite power that's inside of us. Accessible, but we have to give him our will. The Lord's Prayer, we learned that a long time ago. Your will on earth as it is in heaven. Folks, as we, as we begin closing here, think about Jesus himself. Jesus himself. He's gone through the, the, the life, and now he's facing what he knew was coming. He tried to get the disciples there at the Last Supper to realize. Uh, he, 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 you know, they didn't. He asked them to pray. And they go and sleep instead. And Satan, knowing this was it, this was he had, he had to, to defeat Jesus here. He himself, he didn't depend on all his angels. He himself took on Jesus. He had done it in the wilderness and failed. He couldn't fail here. Read the book in Desire of Ages, and it tells us, folks, that three times Jesus went back, and every time they were asleep, I mean, the very time he needed them, they meant well. We mean well. But are we Are we staggering? The third time Jesus went out, he basically said, sleep on. But he's staggering now. Satan is ripping him apart. He's staggering. He collapses on the ground. Desire of Ages tells us he's clinging to the ground that he created. He's crying tears of blood. He's being separated from his father. He's never been separated from his father in eternity. And my sins are coming between him and God. Your sins, he was taking on him, was separating him from God. And we're told there that that the whole human race hung in the balance. What would he do? Satan is saying, we don't know exactly what he said, but he was saying something like, Jesus, why are you doing this? Your leaders are going to kill you. They're trying to kill you. Your best friends—they don't care. They're asleep. It's ripping him apart. And he comes to the moment—the most important moment in history. He first said three times, "Father, take this, If it be your will, take this from me. Take this cup from me." What would he say next? What did he say? Does anybody know? Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. At that point, his father could help him. He immediately sent Gabriel, we know the rest of the story. When Gabriel landed there, it lit up the area the same way it did back when the message went to the shepherds. You remember the whole area lit up. Matter of fact, it woke up the disciples, and they could see Gabriel pick up Jesus' head and wipe away the blood off his face. And he was, he was, we don't know exactly what he said, but I'm sure he told Jesus, the Father's accepted your will. I've been sent here to help you. In a few minutes, Jesus was able to get up and walk out and go through what he had to go through for you and me because he gave him his will. Today, every single day, if you and I will give our will to the Father, there's no limit to what he can do in your life. How many of us believe that? And that means, folks, not once, ever, once in a while, not every week, or when I feel like it, it means every day. Some of the quotes that I usually close with, Habakkuk, chapter 1. A little prophet there in, in, in the Old Testament. And Habakkuk was complaining to God. He said, Lord, how come good things keep happening to the bad people and bad things are happening to the good people? How many of us have felt that at some time or another? as humans, I'm sure we have. Why is this happening to me? And my neighbors are doing all kinds of things and they're just flourishing. The Lord spoke to Habakkuk and said, Habakkuk, pay attention. I like that. Pay attention. I'm going to do something for you. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. Parallels Jeremiah 33.3, 3, where Jeremiah wrote, the Lord saying, Call upon me, and I will answer you. That means everyone in this room. Call upon him, and he'll answer you. That's not a false promise. And he says, I will tell you things you you don't even know about. I'm going to do great and mighty things for you. Great and mighty things for you. As we close, I want to read. from gospel workers, and I'm sure we've heard this before, but it fits today the call that has been made for you and me in that he wants us to be uh, his worker, his his disciple. The Duke of Wellington was once present when a party of Christian men were discussing the possibility of success in missionary effort among the heathen. They appealed to the Duke to say whether they thought, or his judgment, such efforts were likely to prove a success commensurate to the cost. The old soldier replied, gentlemen, what? Are your marching orders. Success is not the question for you to discuss. If I read your orders aright, they run thus. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Gentlemen, ladies here today, obey your marching orders. Think about what we have just said. You've been called. You're special. God could send angels, but he's chosen you here in Ringo and Catoosa County. You don't know what he's going to do for you. But I promise you, me, if you give him your will every day and ask, he will put people in your life. Do you believe that, folks? So today... Are we ready to obey his marching orders? Stop worrying about what it costs. What it, oh, is this going to work? Folks, your, your, your cooking classes in this church, I have used all over this conference as an example because I, I know it changed lives. I mentioned Butch Oliver earlier, and there are others. And, and so you've done a great job. There may be other things that he wants to recommend. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. I usually close with this, and I'll close with it again. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. John was taken into the prayer room of heaven. There he saw the angels singing thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands of thousands of angels saying, Worthy, Jesus, worthy is the Lamb, Jesus, to receive power, wisdom, riches, and we don't mean money, and strength. He's due honor, glory, and blessing. And folks, today, when you give him your heart, and you're walking with him every day, as your hand is in his, you have access to the infinite power, infinite strength, infinite wisdom. And folks, all we've got to do is give our will every day to him and study his word and allow that that wisdom to come to us. He's not going to just hand it to us. He wants us to come to him. Ask, and you shall receive. We're going to close in just a moment with a song, Power in the Blood. Power in the Blood. The blood of Jesus has made everything worthwhile for you and me. Everything in this life. and and, and eternity. It's all because of his blood. If there's somebody here today that has never given your heart to the Lord, or you've had a shaky experience, maybe discouraged, why don't you come up here right now as we sing? I'm going to offer a little prayer in just a moment before we sing. And then, folks, uh, think about the commitment I just asked that we need to make. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to offer a prayer. And then, folks, let's sing. And then I'm going to ask you toward the end, why don't we all come forward? just as a group, to send a message to the Lord, not just to the Lord, but to Satan. This church is going to be be committed to the outpouring of God's Spirit, and we're going to accept these marching orders to do what God wants us to do. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love that sends your Son. We thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit all because you love every single person in this room and you want us to live forever with you. Thank you for that, Lord. But right now, there may be someone here who is struggling with a decision. Help them to accept you right now. And Lord, help us to to accept this call. We don't know what you have in store for us, but we know that when we give you our will, you will will uphold us with the right hand of your righteousness. You will put people in our lives. So we're, we're claiming that promise right now, Lord, as we stand and sing and give you the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus, power in his blood. Amen. Let us stand. I don't know the page number. I think it's 294 maybe. Power in the blood. And folks, I'm making a serious call here. You know, it's, it's just one thing to talk but it's another to give everything to him. And I'm asking you to come forward as for the closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for being here with us and speaking to us and reminding us of your love in, this mid, in the midst of this world, chaotic world. A time that we know is coming, but we know because we have faith in you that you will sustain every person in this room. So, Lord, bless us individually. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for caring for us. We thank you for calling us. And we thank you for your promise of being with us. So now dismiss us with your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.